0: Welcome to Rebel Steps. I'm your host, Liz. Street art may not seem like a political act, but public art has historically been part of planting the seeds for actions and gathering interest from a community. The Crime Think Collective, an anarchist think tank, describes street art as a direct action technique for communicating with your neighbors and redecorating your environment. One notable example of street art being used this way is the Serbian group Otpor. Otpor worked to oust Slobodan Milosevic in the late 1990s. They used simple stencils to cover their cities with the symbol of their movement, an iconic fist. They also promoted short slogans such as, it's time and he's finished. The Spanish anarchist of the 1930s also used art extensively. One of my favorite posters read, Los libros anarquistas son armas contra el fascismo. Translated, anarchist books are weapons against fascism. In present-day New York, there's a variety of political street art. A project by Alexandra Bell uses a New York Times article about the death of Michael Brown. Bell blocks out huge chunks of text to highlight the bias in the coverage of Brown's murder at the hands of the police. Bell calls these works counter-narratives. Tatiana Lizade has put up two beautiful series entitled Stop Telling Women to Smile and When Women Disrupt. She uses street art as a powerful reminder that street harassment is never okay. For Columbus Day last year, the revolutionary abolitionist movement called for street art to go up around the city and around the world. An organizer wrote, For the occasion of Columbus Day, October 9th, one of the most vile holidays of the year, the revolutionary abolitionist movement is calling for collectives all over the country to take action against this day and in support of indigenous people in the U.S. and abroad who have been victims of colonialism and genocide. We are calling for groups to decorate their neighborhood as they see fit. Put up murals, weed paste posters, drop banners, etc. Now it's your turn to take to the street, armed with some creative media and messages. As you prepare for your own art adventure, think about some of the causes you're passionate about. Look for slogans or images associated with organizations you support. Anything that goes on a protest sign is fair game. Once you have your message, here are two options for spreading the word. The first method is a sticker campaign. All you need are some cool stickers, either from a website or organization, or that you've printed yourself and a little bit of courage. Go out in the world and put your political message on stop signs, bus stops, telephone poles, and anything else that feels right. The second option is weed pasting. It's a little more involved, but it's also a little more fun.
1: Hello, my name is Electra KB.
2: I'm Jack Hogan.
0: We'll be hearing from Jack and Elektra later this episode about their
1: art. I chatted with them about their weed pasting experiences. I've done weed pasting when I was a teenager living in Bogotá. It was mostly animal rights oriented. I think while weed pasting, it can be a very romantic activity. I mean, I used to go with pasting with people that I liked. We walked the streets of Bogotá promoting punk shows or weed pasting announcements for demos or stuff about, like, fundraisers.
2: My favorite thing about weed pasting is the social aspect, I guess, like rolling around a neighborhood with friends on bikes. And it's really good for delivering clear information, like, for example, um, your rights with ice.
0: To get started, you'll need some art, water, flour, a spray bottle, and a paintbrush or roller. To make your glue, use two parts flour and three parts water. First, bring the water to a boil... Next, add the flour, and continue stirring until it's glue-like and smooth. Folks have different recipes. Some call for a little more water. Some call for a tiny bit of sugar for extra stickiness. Feel free to experiment. You don't want to keep your glue too long, so use it the day you make it or within the next couple days. Store it in the refrigerator until use. Now it's time to hit the street. Bring a buddy or two to service lookouts and grab your art and glue and paintbrush. Find a nice flat wall. Put some glue on there. You can either paint it or use a bottle to squirt it. The poster goes on top, sticking to the glue, then seal it off with another layer of glue. And voila, you've installed some street art. The Crime Thing Collective highlights the strength of wheat pasting, writing, Because it's easy to mass-produce posters, wheat pasting enables you to deploy a nuanced, complex message at a large number of locations with minimal effort and risk. Repetition makes your message familiar to everyone and increases the chances that others will think it over. So now that you've put up one poster, it's time to keep going. Major Warning. Laws and penalties for street art vary widely. Unless it's your own house that you're wheat pasting, be careful out there. Take a lookout, buddy. Only take things you really need. Wear clothes that let you blend in. Be ready to ditch your glue if something happens. Minor warning. Wheat pasting in the cold is not recommended. If it's below freezing, the wheat paste will likely freeze before drying. Some people use spray adhesives in cold weather as an alternative. Street art is just one way media and creativity intersect with political action. This intersection has a rich and vast history. I'm going to highlight examples of propaganda, fine art, and music. These examples just scratch the surface. You can check out the show notes for more ideas. In the mainstream, propaganda sometimes has a negative connotation, but it is often used in leftist circles as a neutral term to describe persuasive media and political art. Smokey, who you heard from in the last episode, likes to talk about organizing as inviting people to get involved. He sees propaganda as a part of that.
3: Propaganda is basically a way to get that invitation out to the people you want it to. All I have to do is get to one person that has an informal network of people. It's up to them then to to organize their own group of friends or coworkers. I am a propagandist. That's my main political activity.
0: There are some common types of propaganda you might run into, like wheat pasting, banner making, and zine writing. Smokey pointed out that there's a lot of room for creativity when picking the medium.
3: I believe we need a much broader view. Again, for, for example, right now I'm I'm focusing on games. Uh, I was a writer. I've written a number of books. I've published political magazines. I was one of the editors of the New York City Rat, uh, which was a fairly long-lived uh, anarchist paper here in New York. And all of those were mistakes for the most part. The medium itself is wrong. We, we still go to protests and hand people flyers. Uh, it, we, we're, we're kind of like 19th century. We also have to develop different mediums and, and understand how those mediums actually work And whether we want to use them and how we want to use them or subvert them. And, you know, so I think like, you know, games, video games, things like that are very interesting.
0: Fine art may not present itself as explicitly political, but by its very nature, art is political. It has a place in politics as both a forum for expression as well as a space for challenging the cultural status quo.
2: I'm Jack Hogan. I'm an Irish artist and lapsed architect.
0: Jack's art and activism often intersect.
2: In terms of subject matter, my my work largely deals with toxic masculinity and its processes of indoctrination. And I'm involved with two groups, Mask Off and the Feminist Forum for Discussions of Masculinities, that also focus on this issue, not specifically in terms of indoctrination, but more broadly. And they definitely feed into each other through shared research and directly making banners. It sort of leads into my own practice then and and is something that I wouldn't have thought about without the more activist side, so. They definitely strengthen each other.
1: Hello, my name is Electra KB. I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I am based in Brooklyn, and I'm from Colombia originally.
0: Electra also
1: makes art informed by
0: her political awareness, but she doesn't call herself an activist.
1: I don't like the word activist. Anything that, that produces uh, real change is uh, illegal, is frowned upon, and is rejected by society. And it has always been through history. So I prefer the word illegalist. Electra places her art in a
0: personal mythology.
1: The world I created, which is called the Theocratic Republic of Gaia and its rebel counterpart, which is liberated Cathar Autonomous Territory, that's the platform of personal mythology, my work functions in... My most recent project was um, an immigration checkpoint that was uh, modeled after a Second World War immigration checkpoint, but this happened in this uh, alternative universe called the Cathar Autonomous Territory. I chose black and pink and, and red and this like gamma of colors that speak about gender and politics and queer struggles and anti-capitalist struggles. When people um, came there, they had the opportunity of renouncing their citizenship, meaning uh, they had to renounce to the concepts of nationalism, patriotism, fascism and chauvinism and become in fact a global citizens by their own autonomy and their own freedom what they received was genderless stateless passport because they were renouncing not only geographical borders but also gender borders apart from being a real functional passport, it was a performance. I would transform into a stateless official of the Cathar Autonomous Territory. I would perform by reading a contract that people had to sign. This was to make sure that people were really understanding what's happening with borders and how destructive they are. I wanted to make them think how can they help in society to create The way of thinking borderless and genderless, it was a way to do a participatory work that makes people think, it raises awareness about certain issues, but it's also playful. It's a way of making this serious thing art, not something didactic, not a workshop. So for me, it's an artwork that brings all of this together.
0: Both of them are very careful when talking about art and politics.
2: So I think your art practice has to be whatever you can't stop doing. And I think there should be space for everything, especially since there's so many artists in New York in particular. I mean, for me, I don't think people generally like to be shouted at. So I try to, to show, do the show rather than tell approach and not underestimate the viewer's intelligence, sort of treat them with respect. And I also think... It's powerful when people are really specific and speaking from personal experience in detail rather than in a very general way.
1: I don't like to use the word political art. I think art can't be political. The subject matter can be political, but art itself can't. I think you can do socially engaged work. It makes me very skeptical when I hear the word political art because that is not the function of art. With that said, there is in that spectrum the good and the bad. There's a lot of opportunism in quote unquote political arts. There is artists that might take advantage of of certain contemporary historical junctions to perhaps advance their career within the system. And maybe uh, they are not part of the politics they are maybe portraying in their subject matters. There is another side of it that are, are artists that are honest.
0: Much like the title organizer, the term artist sometimes feels like a specialized term. But Jack disagrees.
2: I purposefully went to a free art school, I was keen to go to a free art school because art schools have become this huge business. So I am like very interested in artists that choose not to engage with that or maybe go less informal education routes. While a lot of conversations happen in art schools that are very helpful, it's maybe good to realize that you're not learning anything in any specific way. So I think... uh, it's worth remembering that you can easily achieve that um, in other ways and maybe to try as hard as it may seem to not be intimidated by that. It's also worth seeing what's come before, which is sort of easily accessed through art school but can be done independently or with friends so that you're not trying to like, reinvent the wheel so that you sort of know what people have done, which has really been a lot of my efforts since leaving architecture, just like reading up on what happened previously and what people have tried.
0: A lot of art is happening online now. It's easier than ever to make your own art and
4: share it quickly. Here's our producer Amy who makes internet art. I noticed that when you searched for gifts on all these social platforms that were around political ideas, um, or even things like feminism, a lot of them didn't come up with things that I wanted to share or that like were my view, or just nothing came up at all. So I started making political gifts and I started making them and tagging them all with like feminism and anarchism and and all these are like resist and the resistance um, and things like that so then when you searched for, for political gifts you found these these ideas that were that um, I wanted to spread and that started to just be like very effective so there's now when you search for feminism on on a lot of these gift platforms you'll find anarchist gifts uh, which I think is really cool and so then once I started doing this I really wanted to share this idea and this skill with other people, so I put together a GIF workshop um, where I taught people how to make their own animated GIFs. People have been creating GIFs and uploading them, and that's been really fun and cool to have shared that with people and see them making more things than I could have made on my own. All types of art have a complicated relationship with the
0: ultra-wealthy, whether under the influence of kings, the church, or the 1%. In all these cases, art has been used to control culture, and by extension, society. Currently, fine art is being used as a way to store wealth, becoming almost purely a commodity.
2: The art market is so easily manipulated. Art is at a certain level now equal to money. I mean, people just use it straight up as currency. So taking cash out of precarious economies and putting it into certain art is just a way of keeping money safe. And then if you have enough people who can afford the same work, you can easily artificially rise the value of the work. So there's a lot of art advisors that are advising a lot of different rich people who can tell them all to buy The same artist, and then that artist will become much more valuable at auction. Around the world, there's um, like duty free art. Um, ports where there's no tax on the work and they're currently planning to build one in Harlem and I think there's currently one in Geneva but when art is sold at auction most of the time it just moves within these ports to a different rich person's storage area so most of that art is never seen in the world it's just moved around in the same way that gold might be moved around in a vault.
0: From writing a song to organizing a benefit show music is also political.
2: Well, I
1: woke up this morning
0: with my mind. Protest songs have a long lineage, including Nueva Cancion in South America, civil rights anthems, union songbooks, and hip hop.
1: In the U.S. today,
0: a group of women identifying people have picked up the tradition of protest songs. The Resistance Revival Chorus sings old songs, updated songs, and originals about the political struggle. The chorus wrote, We aim to bring together in community a group of diverse artists to join in songs of resistance and protest with the foundation that joy is an act of resistance. They encourage others to start their own choruses and join the movement. Right now, you're hearing their song.
1: Well, I'm walking and talking with my
4: mind.
2: <laughs>
1: Stay
2: on freedom.
4: Oh, I'm walking and
0: Whatever project you choose, from stickering your local stop sign to putting on a benefit show, you're contributing to creating the culture you want to see. Here's Smokey again.
3: Politics is downstream from culture. It is perfectly fine to create stuff that you like and that is political.
0: For recipes, methods, legal issues, and more ideas, check out the links on our website, rebelsteps.com. You can find out more about Jack at jackhogan.ie and Electra at electrakb.com. I'm your host, Liz. You've been listening to Rebel Steps. Believe in yourself, trust one another, and get organized. This episode was written, edited, and produced by Amy and myself. Music for this episode was kindly gifted to us by Morgan Foos and the Resistance Revival Chorus, and also includes a few songs that I created. Special thanks to our interviewees, Smokey, Jack, and Elektra, and their organizations.